Now, everybody listening to this uh, podcast episode, I know what you're thinking. I know what you need. And I know that you are very, very hungry to understand how you can optimize and leverage video. Um, let's face it, we are all in this same boat. If we're in marketing, communications, business development, if we're an entrepreneur, business owner, etc., etc., we all want to harness the power of video. So I have a treat for you on this particular episode because I have Mr. Matt Hughes, who is king of video. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. That's a, a big kind of accolade, king of video. So we're expecting big deep dives here. We're expecting some real little nuggets of gold. And, you know, I know that having watched uh, a lot of your videos that um, we're talking here very, very current. Um, and I would describe this as very much best practice in terms of kind of harnessing video because we all know it's a big opportunity but I think there's only very few people who are really really leveraging it for their business and so I want to make this a very very practical kind of conversation we'll keep it super informal but also I think you know try um, if we can and give a lot of value in terms of sort of practical tips and what people can do uh, and I also want to showcase your community because I know you're very keen to uh, encourage people to engage on the longer term on this this journey of uh, you know the power of video so for, for you, Matt, where did it all start? Because I know from a, a sort of an IT background, you know, you come at this from, a, I guess, a more sort of technical spin, but you must have realised uh, the power of video. It must have been coming through, I guess, loud and clear as you were doing your work. Uh, I, I mean, I, I wish it was that, I, I was that um, good at predicting the future, um, but actually it was not like that at all. My, my friend of mine... Um, had just finished university doing a I think it was like a media production degree or something like that and I happened to have built his website for him for his degree uh, I'm sure he didn't tell the professor about that but um, I said to him what are you doing now and he said oh well I'm, I'm just looking for a job in Tesco or somewhere like that and I was like no we can't be doing that like you know you've done this media production uh, degree let's let's start a video company <laughs> so it was literally that kind of quicker conversation and and I was a contractor at the time I, I was earning good money and you know when you earn good money you, you don't really know what to do with it you want to put it in good places and it just sounded like a really fun thing to do which was different to the you know the techie stuff that I was doing I mean there's lots of technical aspects to video but yeah it just it just found it sounded like something that was creative I, I was getting married at the time so I thought maybe we could make a wedding video for us um, and it just kind of escalated from there, really. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, how people kind of either really choreograph the journey and really feel yeah. like, you know, they know the destiny, they they know kind of all the things that they're good at and that the world needs, and it kind of all just beautifully with serendipity comes together. And then other people who just kind of find, I mean, I found my way into marketing in a similar kind of way. I sort of fell into it. I mean, this is decades ago now, but I fell into it not realising that actually this was my calling. I, I guess from, you know, having watched your work and, and listened to the passion with which, you know, you you kind of evangelise the whole power of video, you, you must have realised very, very quickly that this was your thing, that this was kind of meant to be. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, so... So I started IT and, and I think that was the choreographed version that you talked about. You know, I was building computers when I was 10, uh, building websites when I was 15. I, and I just knew that that was the route that I wanted to go down. And and I think when I discovered video, 
it really made me question that. You know, I think there's a, an idea that people have two or three careers in their lives, and I, I think this was just the second second one for me, really. And and I think when I first got into IT and I was building websites, I remember like the excitement and the hunger of, of de- developing websites and doing coding and all that kind of stuff. And when I got into video, all of a sudden I had like apertures and ISOs and um, warm lighting, cold lighting and all this tech, like I've got some wireless lights now and it, it kind of all merged into like, I can be creative, I can create these beautiful videos, we can get it out into the social media world and that kind of satisfies my uh, desire to be an influencer and, and help people on that sort of uh, level really. And so, yeah, I think I think it just slowly morphed into that thing. And, and what happened, I don't know if you saw this from any of my content before, but in 2018, the guy I built the business with, he left and took all my customers with him. And, and when you go through that kind of process, I kind of sat down and said, like, what do I really love about what I'm doing IT-wise and, and video-wise? And I knew the two things uh, that I really loved were training and video. And so that's where I decided, okay, that's the thing I should should focus on. Uh, and I have done since then. That was just prior to creating the the King of Video brand as well. Mm. there's a real relevance with with what you say there because I, I i guess a lot of the time you know people think of okay if i'm in business if i'm a marketer it is all about the conversion it's all about getting somebody on board with your brand yeah. engaging and then getting a call to action there so you can convert them from a prospect into a customer it's the basis of selling it's the basis of growing a business but a lot of the, I guess, social networks, and we're going to come on to talking now deeply about YouTube in just a minute, um, a lot of the social networks, LinkedIn, really good example here. Um, allegedly, because none of us really know, but allegedly a lot of the uh, the powers that be are saying that um, the algorithms are changing now and they're really rewarding training, learning, development, education more than they are the overt sell. And I think you know probably what you're suggesting here is that the big key to all of this, you know, when you're producing, well, video predominantly here, but, you know, any kind of content is, it's the value added element. It isn't just purely, right, I want to sell you something. Here's the features and benefits of my my offer, my service, my product. You want to buy, don't you? Click the link here to subscribe or click the link here to, um, to, to purchase. I think it is what we're saying, because I'm certainly seeing this come through as a trend, that you build the the relationship through the value add, the education, the um, the informing. And this probably is the value that you're bringing, I guess, to, to the video world. Um, but first, before you can really get that confidence in the audience or the listener or the viewer to be able to do that action, is, is that kind of where you're headed with this? Well, I, I, I think as a personality type thing, that it's, it's a bit of a strange one, because... I know people that are fully focused on the funnel building, the the conversions, all the things you sort of said was like a precursor to this relationship building style thing. But for me, it is all all, all about the people. In my IT world, I, I ran a user group community uh, all around the UK. I, I travelled with that community around the world. Like it was always about people. And so when I've transitioned to video, it's still always about people. So I, I don't necessarily... I don't want to say it's a trend thing. I think it's just a personality type. I think if you're the kind of person that cares about people, that cares about the effect and impact it has on on their daily lives, whether they're business or not business, then you care about the value you provide them as you're creating content. 
I think if you're very results driven, you're very um, uh, high D on a on disc profiling or something like that, like all you care about is the result and getting the money in the bank. And of course I care about those things. I love money like most people do if they're running a, a business, you know, but I also love giving value and prov- and helping people create impact in their own businesses. And for me, the biggest impact you can create is being on a video and teaching something, someone or helping them move from A to B. Mm. And that, that word impact, I mean, that that's really hit me hard in terms of this conversation, because I think, you know, a, a lot of people who are really evangelizing power of video, everybody from Gary V at the, the big sort of macro level down to little old me, um, you yeah. know, we, we often talk about, you know, impact as being the thing, because unless you can make that impact, there's so much noise out there. You know, you look at the reels, you look at, you know, short form video all the way through to real long form educational um, you know, pieces all the way through to, you know, your Joe Rogan sort of three hour, you know, dialogues and stuff. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a, there's a huge amount of noise, isn't there? So I think how, how would you suggest? I mean, let, let's move into the whole kind of YouTube space, because I know that's obviously a, a real focal point for, for your work how, how would you say the impact kind of how did you begin with the impact thing is it through a thumbnail is it through some very clever kind of overlays on your text well what, what is it what is that initial kind of hook I, I i think i think it's focusing on the macro really like you a lot of people think I want to become viral in order for me to create great impact in the world. I have to have a million subscribers. I have to uh, get in front of a million different eyeballs, you know, like they're so, so focused on this big picture that they forget the macro. And that is the one person that's watching your video at that moment in time, you know, unless there's a watch party going on with YouTube. And sometimes there is in my house, you know, it's me, my wife and my two girls and we're, we're all watching YouTube at the same time. Um, but outside of that, generally speaking, it's a viewer of one. And so I really want anybody listening to this to think about what's the impact you could have on one person and how could you create your content to help that one person? Because, you know, we know about the power of six and, you know, you, you go for one person before, you know, you've, you've met everyone in the world. Well, why could that not start at that one person? So, don't think too big and don't think you need loads of subscribers and loads of eyeballs. You just need to, to be really good for that one person and focus on that person first before, you know, all the other, the cool stuff of overlays, you know, you talk about all those good things that YouTube offers. Um, but what could you do for that one viewer? Always focus on the viewer. Mm, I love that. I'm not, I, I certainly resonate with that, Matt. I mean, completely. I think, you know, that's how, you know, this, this podcast for me has, has really evolved um, both in the UK and the US. And I, I've been really surprised that people say, oh, no, I saw that episode from, you know, 2020 when you did such and such. I'm thinking, really? I had no yeah. idea, you know. And, and I've not engaged with this person before and I've, we're not connected on any of the socials. And I'm thinking, what really is why I kind of reached that far? And it's, but it is down to that kind of one-to-one thing and they might have passed it on to a friend or something like that. And that's how this obviously, you know, definition of viral is that it, you know, it does spread in that kind of organic way, but it feels, it feels more kind of pure, you know, just really attending to that one pair of eyeballs that are yeah, watching yeah. that video um, well, and, I, and just kind of really 
stepping into their shoes, isn't it, really? Yeah, and, I, and stepping into shoes is a good point for a podcast. But, you know, like for me, I, I think you don't get to decide where they come into your world. Like that's not as much as we think that we're clever marketers and we're putting content out every day. And so they will come in at the top of our funnel and they'll find their way down to the bottom or whatever it might be. Like you just don't get to decide that. So that point you made about the 2020 podcast is, is massively important because actually that's where somebody could find you and YouTube and podcasts are the best examples of creating an asset library of content of great content that lives with you forever even if it's bad sometimes my best bit of content is my worst bit of content of course it is um but but you don't get to decide when they come into your world and so if you just focus on the viewer focus on the value that you're giving them at that moment in time yes some of, some of it's not evergreen and it does die with with trends i've got a video about clubhouse so there's a great example of a trend dying um but if you focus on those stuff that that stuff then actually the person that's listening and I'm, you mentioned shoes and that's why I picked up on that because it's the person walking. I listen to podcasts when I walk. And so think about those people and, and how they're getting that value wherever they are in the world as they, as they consume your content. Mm. So it's interesting. You, you talk about video as being something sort of very closely aligned to podcast obviously you know podcast with spotify etc can be you know, can be video or audio but do, do, you, do you see a kind of a real blend between these because I, I guess we're talking here a very different thing between say short form video which is you know very much high impact just got to get the eyeballs get that attention then off to somewhere else versus a longer form kind of um, piece of content where you know you're almost a little bit like this you're kind of immersing yourself into the the storytelling and the narrative you know do you see kind of almost like youtube videos in their long form format being very much consumed like podcasts where yeah. you know you can take them with you you might just go for the audio even though you've got the video playing you're actually listening to it in the car for example did you see evidence of that happening yeah well i mean you only have to look at how youtube have prioritized that right so um, Spotify did a big thing by purchasing some big podcasts, right? They they said, hey, we've got this streaming platform. We're going to prioritize podcasts in there as well. And then YouTube did the same thing. They said, hold on a minute. We've got all these podcasters that are filming uh, their podcasts and putting them on YouTube. Why don't we create a, an area specifically for podcasts? So when you go on YouTube now, you can see in the tabs that podcast sits there in a, in a really nice way, easily accessible way as well. So, of course, I think there's a place for it. And and actually, what I try to tell people that are podcasting is like you creating this short form content. I've known so many. I did a podcast last week where she said, oh, Matt, don't worry. No one's going to see it. They'll only hear it. And I was, I was like, oh, my God. It's like, it's like death to me that was. I was like, why are they not going to see it? Oh, well, we don't have time to edit it. And I was like, look, nobody needs perfection when you're editing these things. Just you're missing an opportunity for those people like me that prefer to watch something over listening. Um, and is, is it this, this three kind of learners, there's um, audible, visual and kinesthetic. Is that the one that, that practical people um, like? So if you think about those style of learners, why would you miss out on the visual ones and not give them the opportunity to sit and watch and listen? You know, you talked about listening to my content near and I, I, when I listened to yours I was like oh I wish I had a voice like Neil's very very calming voice I'm a little, little bit more of a, a working class Englishman compared to you but but it's still those those things the visual and the um 
the audio aspect just work perfectly on YouTube? Why would you just put it on Spotify and, and leave it there? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You know, you've, you've got huge potential reach on the on the podcast platforms. But for me, um, utilising the second biggest search engine in the world, arguably, TikTok might have something to say about that, um, means that you've got a good opportunity for more reach. And that's what we need. Mm. So, so business owner, marketer, entrepreneur, startup, you know, there's a lot of people of, the, of that kind of nature listening and watching this, and it probably is a balance between listening and watching. Yeah. Um, you, you talked a little bit about asset library, and I, and I quite like that, a whole kind of range of almost like you're building an archive that's going to go with you as a business for however long you're in business. Where does somebody begin that? I mean, you've said about kind of understanding the customer, thinking about that one-to-one relationship you're looking to to forge. Where do they then start? Because I know a lot of your work is about building confidence in the person who thinks, yeah, we've got to go onto YouTube, got to get some videos out there. And they now hear that, okay, I've got to build this asset library. What do I then do? I know my customer, I've built this kind of persona profile, so I know who they are but I've got to begin building this asset library. What does that really mean in practical terms? Could you give them a little bit of an insight as to the practicality of what that is? Yeah. So, I mean, this this works really well for me because um, every person that comes into my world, whether they're in my membership or in my bootcamp or accelerated programs, I always get them to do the, the, the same thing for the first part of it so if you want to save yourself some money here it is right now um and that is just to think about the fair the, the most common people will call it frequently asked questions right think about those things that people ask you the most often that can save you some time if you had a video you could send them so uh, i had a, i have a video now called uh, facebook live sideways it's the one that i hate the most on my channel and the reason why i had that video is about 90 seconds long and it was the video I created before I had a channel, before I even decided I wanted to do YouTube. I just kept getting asked, kept getting asked, how do I stop my Facebook lives being sideways? And what it is is people start it in portrait mode and then they rotate the phone and it, they end up uh, sideways on, on Facebook. And I got off asked this over and over again. I was like, I'm so fed up of answering this question. So I'm just going to create a video and show them the exact steps that prevent this from happening, right? And um, of course, it became my my biggest hit on my channel. Um, it lockdown helped that, you know, because of the fact that everybody suddenly had to go online and they didn't know what they were doing really. Um, but for you guys in your own businesses, just think about what is it that people ask me the most. And then once you've got a list, and you should be able to create a list of like 20, 30 of those uh, titles really, then just pick the first 10 or 12. If you did 12 and you and you publish one of them every week for, um, you'd have three months worth of content basically. And then you could just send people to them. Like imagine if you're thinking about working someone, or let's say you were doing some research. I'm doing some research and I'm looking for an electrician. Right, and I, um, I've got all these electricians, and I don't know who to trust. I feel like all the electricians they kill me with all this technical malarkey, and I, I really don't know who to choose. Some of them have got these testimonials, but then one of them sent me a YouTube channel of them talking about their work. So I see them, I hear them, I can understand what it's like to be around them because I hear the way they're talking to their customers. Maybe they've got a, a video testimonial. 
like all of a sudden I'm starting to build trust from that person. I see that I'm starting to see them as an authority because they've taken a bit of time to create this great content. And then I feel like, okay, I could make a, I could make an inquiry with this person now. Like that applies to every business. Electrician is just one example. Mm. I, I know one of the words that you've been using uh, sort of really regularly quite recently is is the word simplicity, keeping yeah. things simple. So, so with that in mind, so so they've got their you know top twelve things. They're answering that question. They're adding some real value by doing that. Drip feeding that content um, out into their channel. You know, once a week. So we're not talking huge overload here. We're talking something that's really simple and but very very practical. Yeah. Is it is kind of because that what I would term that um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but that to me that would be short form video. So whether you call it YouTube Shorts or whatever, it's kind of it's it's short, isn't it? Short duration. No, no, so we're not talking overkill here, are we? No, no, it doesn't have to be short form. Like, like uh, I mean, it really depends on how. It's a tough one because making video, in my experience, for a lot of people in a lot of different industries, and I've dealt with almost every, any, everything I can think of now. Um, when you're getting started, it's difficult. It's difficult to understand what to say. It's difficult to understand how to edit it, how to put it all together. But the biggest thing that gets people over that is just getting started, right? And um, so there's two ways to do it. You can do short-form content and do a minute. And I encourage people to do that because I'm like, look, you can do a minute. It's dead easy. Um, if you go wrong, it's no big deal because it's just a minute. And so we have like a, a shorts challenge, a 30 day shorts challenge that goes through that process. Or you can do the long form content and, and explain your expertise. And when I say long form, that could just be four minutes or five minutes. It doesn't have to be like half an hour or podcast or something like that. It can be uh, a longer piece of content. But when I'm strategically talking about one video a week, I'm specifically talking about long form content. So if you're doing a 30 day shorts challenge, one minute video, then I would do that every day for 30 days. If I'm doing long form content, I would do that once a week. Still sort of minimum five minutes, really. Does that answer mm. the question? The, the, yeah, there's a nice kind of, I, I can see people now just in my mind's eye writing that down and thinking, right, okay, now I know the balance. And it, it feels, because I think there's a lot of expectation that, oh my goodness, this is going to take over my life. I'm going to not be able to do my job or run my business if I'm doing all this video stuff. But that feels super practical. That doesn't feel something that is just going to consume. I mean, w would you recommend that people do this kind of almost on uh, as a block of stuff, like in, in one evening or maybe take one day out to kind of create this and then drip feed it? I mean, how, how do you find that your sort of community kind of responds to that? Do they do it kind of literally drip fed or would they be, you know, building this asset library on mass and then having a bit of time off? Yeah. So, there, so there's uh, benefits to doing both. What, what I recommend people do is, for long-form content, for your month's worth of content, you film it in batches of four. So four to five, you know, there's, there's 13 weeks and a quarter, so it makes it four to five. Um, but I say film uh, four to five on a Saturday morning or something, whatever your your downtime, a good day for you is. Um, and there's loads to talk about that with your energy levels. For me, it's in the morning, Saturday morning. I don't have work. I don't have meetings. I can just focus on my content time. Um, but that's for long form content, but on your short form content, it could just be something you do every day. Like for me, I've had, uh, three meetings today 
And on one of those meetings, I, I wrote them down here. For those of you on the podcast, you won't see it, but I've got a little sticky um, post-it note here. And it just has four questions that somebody asked me. Uh, four simple questions that I can answer in a one-minute video. That's So that's four videos, basically. So I could just stand there. I could, um, you know, I recommend that people have something where they could be hands-free. So a, um, a tripod or a, I've got a ring light behind me that's got a phone holder on it. And I would stand there, I would hit record and just answer that one question and then stop it, start again, answer the next one. And then I've got four pieces of content which I can take and post every day for the next four days. Now, if you do that every time you have an interaction with a client where you're answering questions, like before you know it, you've got a hundred pieces of content sitting on your phone. You know, like I don't think people appreciate how much knowledge they have about their subject matter and how how much they take for granted that they know about that particular subject. It's huge. Mm, like, kind of, yeah. I was going to say therein lies, you know, one of those really untapped things is confidence again, isn't it? I know you talk a lot about confidence, but it, it is yeah. having that confidence to just do it, isn't it? And just kind of res respect that, you know, it's not about ego. You're not showing off by doing this. This is all about sharing and adding value, isn't it? And I think a lot of people, particularly us Brits, almost shy away from that because it's like, oh, well, I can't be bragging. But actually, that is what your customer wants, isn't it? Yeah. I, well, I mean... What I'd ask you to do then is think about a subject that you have absolutely zero knowledge on. Think about any kind of subject that you can think of now. And like for me, I can tell you, I can open a computer, I can look at it, look look in it, and tell you every part of that computer, uh, the insides of a computer. You know, I could build it, I could take it apart, rebuild it, all that kind of stuff. It's much easier now than it used to be for sure because it's largely color coded. It's like Lego. Um, but if I open my car bonnet, I would be completely lost. I know where to put the water. I'm still concerned that one day I'm going to put the water where the oil is because still I'm not quite sure. There's pictures on there, but it's not my thing. I, I don't do mechanics. I don't do cars. I choose a car by setting a budget and just giving it to a guy who comes back with some options for me. Like, that's not my thing. But for some people, it is everything. They know every little thing. And they look at this stuff and go, yeah, I know exactly how to do that. My, my uh, brother-in-law, he, he um, builds stuff in his house. He'll build, like, furniture for his house. He'll get crates and, you know, break up all the crates and make tables and stuff, right? I just don't even know where to start with that stuff. It's not in my, in my wheelhouse at all. It just doesn't exist. So the reason I'm saying that is because when you are doing that, your stuff, when I want you to think about something that other people don't, don't know, uh, that you don't know about other subjects, right, is it's the same that you need to get over to other people. So if I'm starting and I think, oh, you know, I can't really talk about um, microphones because everybody knows you should have a microphone when you're filming your videos. And then I'll listen to somebody's video and I can hear that it's just the onboard microphone. And I'm like, why did they not use an external microphone? Or I'll watch a video and there's no light. And I'm like, why didn't they just use a light? Or the best one, my favorite one, is they've not cleaned their lens. I say it once a month, I'll put it at a Facebook status. Once a month for the last three years, I've put the same status, cleaning lens. It's a running joke now with some of the people in my audience because somebody hasn't heard it. And so if you think about your subject matter, 
every single part of that, somebody is new to that and they're going, oh my God, if somebody had just told me, uh, so a picture of a, uh, when you open your car, um, when you go to fill your car up, there's like a little hook on the, on the door that opens to, you know, fill your tank and you can put your, um, the, the, what, what do you call it? The cap. <laughs> the fuel cap. Yes, cap. You can, yeah. you can hang it right on there. I've been driving for almost 20 years, didn't know. Saw this video about it the other day, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, why did nobody tell? Well, you know, the petrol thing has the arrow where the, the petrol, you know, the, to fill it up is just stuff like that blows my mind. And But for a lot of people, it's just normal. It's just common knowledge. You've got to share mm, that. So it's tapping into what's different. Yeah, so kind of if you really know this target audience, and I, I see a lot of... Um, yeah, a lot of people saying about it's all about the niche or niche, uh, depends how you pronounce it. Um, but but for me, that niche thing is is really important because then you can really, you know, as we said earlier, you know, step into their shoes and really understand what their pain points are. Yeah, get those post its out, keep a record of all those encounters, and then, you know, as Matt says, you know, make sure that then you're answering them. That's, that's yeah, really really sage advice. How what's your view then of AI in terms of content generation, because a lot of people are talking about, you know, almost relying on AI to come up with the next kind of content, trending content and, and that kind of thing. Did you feel that's taking away from this, this human sort of approach that, you know, you've been talking about earlier? Um, it's a great question. I spent some time with AI yesterday, so it's a person. I spent some time with AI, and um, I, what I asked for was I wanted to create some short form content, right? And this is my idea generation process. And I was like, okay, I've got this list of stuff in my uh, Notion. I use Notion as a document um, note taking app, and so I said to AI, I was like, give me thirty pieces of content, that, uh, short form content for YouTube that I can give. And I, and I gave it loads of information about who I am, what I do. Great thing you can do is you can say, I, I'm going to ask you for 30 pieces of content. Ask me the questions that you need to know about my business to give me a good suggestions. And it'll ask you like 10 questions, which is amazing. So I've now got that pre-prep. So I filled that in there. So give me 30 suggestions. And it just spat them out so quickly and what it did is it gave me the titles for each of the things I could talk about. Now I didn't need any more information from AI to talk about those things, but in order for me to sit here and think about those 30 would have took, took me ages. And some of them were not appropriate. You know, some of them I wouldn't have talked about. They were uh, really niche topics in, in that particular um, in the YouTube space. So I just wouldn't have talked about them, but it just helped me create these ideas quicker. And then I was like, oh, you know, one of them I said, oh, I like this idea. Can you give me a script? And it gave me a script with timings on it. And I was like, look, take the timings off. I don't need timings. You know, you can really dig dig deep into uh, creating all of this stuff that potentially would have taken you a lot of time, a lot of perfectionism to get over, a lot of imposter syndrome to get over, all the things that stop you recording in the first place. AI can just remove that because the emotions don't exist. It doesn't care that, you know, that topic's been covered by my competitor down the road two weeks ago. Maybe I shouldn't do it now because they've done it once and it's already been done and everybody's already seen this information. Like it just tells you this is what people need to know. Why would you not use it? Do you use it, Neil? 
I, I do. I mean, certainly for um, if, it, if it's a topic I know really intimately because I've been doing it for years, um, if I'm producing a webinar, for example, then I'll, I'll just go with gut because I, I, I know the topic. But yeah. if it is one that I'm a little bit kind of uncertain about or it's a more of a tutorial style where I think actually I need probably a little bit more structure because if I just go from sort of base knowledge, then I will be missing things, one, because of memory, because I'm super old now uh, but two because actually there might be some stuff that just because of the sectors that I've worked in or whatever I've missed something that could be relevant elsewhere so I'll use it to kind of double check and I'll put in okay this is what I'm thinking what do you think and then yeah very much use it I heard um, somebody the other day say um, using um, chat gpt as a an an uneducated intern so it's almost like they don't know anything but you're just using them to do your kind of base research but occasionally i'll actually use them as a bit more of an assistant so kind of almost sort of put my half-baked idea to chat gpt and say what do you think so far what am i missing um and as you say because we've had these conversations so many times now i feel like it really does understand what i need um and so i think there's a Place for it. I, I'd agree with you. I think there is a place for it. And I think, yeah, for me, it's webinars. Um, I don't tend to prep interviews like this. Um, these tend to just be more free flow, um, which is lovely now. Uh, but if it's, yeah, something a bit more of a tutorial base, then I'll probably get it double checked and just use it as my sort of sounding board. So I, th- I personally, I think there is a part for it to play, but it's only a part. I, I wouldn't ever want to rely on it because it would be missing the essence of me. And that to me is the value that I'm adding is how I'm different as a human being versus people who also do what I do. So yeah, it's kind of is a balance, I think. But yeah, just interested in your take there, because obviously it could be all consuming. I, I was looking at one channel yesterday that was completely and utterly AI generated. So yeah. they use it to generate the, the video. It's all automated. They're using talking heads, which are all animated um, AIs. Uh, the scripts are all created by AI. You think, well, what's the point? You know, I just... Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, to me, it feels it feels like you know when you're watching a video like that, and and I have, I, I absolutely in short form content, I've watched stuff and contributed to the success of that video by watching it, and I know it's AI, uh, so you know I can see how some people will it winning from that. But again, if we go back to the start of the conversation, like it's what impact do you want? Do you want the impact of being um, a faceless channel? and there's lots of good successful faces faces channels i'm not knocking them or do you want to have a personal impact in the world like i don't think i don't think you're going to get that by relying solely on ai personally speaking i like the idea of an assistant i think assistant is a great way um to describe it and that's not to say that even like vas and stuff will disappear i think there's still space for um executive assistants and people that are going to save you time in that way but you know, one one great way that I've been using it is I've been creating content, written content, and I'd say my written content's all right, but it's not amazing. But I've been putting that into chat P- GPT and saying, uh, add emojis, because I always can't decide which emojis to add, and I've been saying, make it more exciting. And to see AI take my relatively average, you know, text to make it more exciting is just a wonderful thing it just takes away that like lag of what can i do about this piece of content to make it more exciting it just instantly gives you the answer which is great yeah 
Yeah, it, it, it is. And I, I think anything that kind of, if this isn't part of um, somebody listening to this, if this is a, an element of how they're going to market their business, rather than it being their business, I think that efficiency um, is obviously, you know, such a such a benefit. So yeah. yeah, I think we're both in agreement. There's a good thing there. What about live? I, I know that you're obviously an advocate of live because you do live and you love live and you're very good at live. What about live for a business owner? Do, do you think there's something there that they need to be building confidence to a level where it needs to be live? Or is that something just for the chosen few? Um, live content gets still gets great reach. And the great thing about YouTube is your live content will stay forever as an asset like anything else. Um, I, I used to think, you know, live content was quite niche, Um it just wouldn't work in certain industries. Uh, but I've got a client who uh, I, tell, I tell him all the time because he shows up to, we have weekly calls on Fridays. I tell him I talk about him all the time because he works in the pharmaceutical industry and he did these, I want to say like live shows. And he's absolutely killed it on his channel. He says he gets inbound inquiries all the time and they always say to him, I've watched your YouTube videos. And to me, I look at them and they just look boring as hell because I'm like, it's all pharmaceutical nonsense. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. He's talking about all sorts of corporate terminology I, I don't understand. But of course, this topic that he's talking about live is perfect for those people in those roles. And so I think if you've got the confidence... Um, to get started on live, why would you not give it a go? Why would you not add that to the the tool set of things that you can do uh, on your channel? Again, you can create a playlist for that stuff. You can really separate it from everything else that you're doing uh, or integrate it if you want it want to. So um, it's just a decision of what to do. You know, some people will like the fact that they can say, right, I'm going to block out every Friday at 12.30. I'm going to go live. That's in my diary. It will never get changed. So I'll do it. Other people like the flexibility of being able to say, you know, on Saturday I'm going to create my content, but I might not edit it for a week. It might take a bit of time. A podcast like this, if you're not doing it live, you can take a bit of time to edit it and, and publish it on your own schedule. So really depends on what you feel is the best way forward. But I love live video. I think it's great. Mm, yeah and it's fun it's it kind of gets you to a point where you know you have to be on point because by definition yes. it's live so you know you're really focused in you're totally thinking about the audience you're well you're just dialed in aren't you and as you say you know, it goes into the asset library i mean we, we've added a lot of kind of ideas a lot of thinking i really appreciate you know your views on all of these topics matt because it, you know it's always good to get you know sort of expert view on these things your, your channel itself you know you you've got a lot of examples of you know how to guides there's live there there's shorts there's you know a whole host of things uh, on the um king of video um channel here in terms of building the community, because clearly, you know, you are about community, you are a people person, as you say, and, you know, you want to obviously, you know, help people to understand and engage and collaborate with others going through similar kinds of journeys. How, how do people kind of, um, obviously, apart from just purely watching the videos, how, how do they kind of become part of this journey um, and part of the community with you? Uh, so we've got a Facebook group on Facebook called uh, YouTube for Business. Um, a lot, largely my YouTube stuff is for business, right? We've got a few people that do it for consumers, but largely uh, YouTube for business. Um, 
we've got a membership community, which is a private community, a paid community where we do the calls on the Fridays I talked about. Uh, we're starting a UK YouTube community uh, very, very soon. Um, we're just sort of planning that out to make sure that we can consistently build that. I'm looking for a space as well to host those meetings. So there's all these kind of things that I'm trying to do together to help foster a good environment. What what I found, I've been to a couple of YouTube conferences, but they're in LA. And, you know, it's great going to LA. I'm not, I'm not knocking that, you know, and I'm very fortunate to be able to do that. Um, but there's nothing really in, in the UK or Europe, really. I don't feel like that's the case. So what I want to try and do is create some kind of community around it. And, you know, YouTubers come in all sorts of shapes and sizes and have all sorts of weird and wonderful um, niches and industries that they talk about. And I want to bring those people together and share and collaborate across those different uh, industries so that we can learn, like, why is vlogging a good idea for one person, but how to and tutorials are good for someone else? Like, what can we learn about how we've promoted our channels in those different industries? All of that stuff can be part of uh, a community. And I, and I still think face-to-face -face is a, a good way to do that as much as, as doing stuff online as well. So we're going to try and make sure uh, the UK YouTube community at least is face-to-face is -face as well. Wonderful. Well, it's, this sounds a very timely thing for everyone listening or watching this because, you know, you could potentially be part of this uh, this new community. So how, how should people contact and connect with you? Uh, so the best place is, obviously, I've got the King of Video website, kingofvideo.co.uk. And then if you want to get quick access to some of my stuff, then you can go to links.kingofvideo.co.uk. Wonderful. That's great. And so let's leave everybody with a final top tip. Matt Hughes's top tip of the day regarding video. I know I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't say I'd want a top tip at the end here, but I'm just going to give you a moment to pause and think about that. If somebody, again, brand new to this, they know video is good for their business, potentially. What's the top tip? Probably where should they begin? What's the very first thing they should do? Okay, so... My top tip for you is, um, and as cliche as it, it sounds, is to get started. Now, I've had people come in my community that have sat in there for three, four months, and they've not launched their community, uh, their, their channel. And I sit there, and I'm trying to motivate them all the time. But the fact of the matter is, uh, Mr. B says it takes 100 videos. I'm sure he said 200, actually. But let's go with 100 100 bad videos before you start creating good ones so you may as well start now putting out the bad ones so that you can get to the good ones right like getting started is the most important thing you'll learn so much from um opening the creative juices and, and letting that flow and and then you'll start learning that when you uh, create videos when you start editing them you need to create them in a different way and that will start impacting how you create the videos and then someone will say oh it'd be great if you do this and that'll impact it but if you never start no one will ever see your videos that's it so you may as well get started anyway I love that. Get your first hundred rubbish videos out of the way as yeah. quick as you can. I'd like I mean, to think we can do it quicker than to do. go and do it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I say to people like, I like Mr. Beast's advice, but um, the way we strategically do it doesn't need to take a hundred bad ones. You know, you can do it in mm. like ten. Yeah. Or maybe you don't need bad ones at all. Maybe you could just strategically do it and start doing good ones from the start. But 
but there's so much it's just about the learning process there's so much in it when you get started that um you know before you know it and i'm sure it's the same with you neil with your your podcast you know uh you you said something and it was subtle that you said but you said um i don't really need to prep as much anymore and it, it 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 felt to me like at the start you were probably like super playing and you know you had to every little detail was was planned and now it's like okay actually don't need to go to that amount of effort it's not that you don't care anymore about it but it's just more that you learn over time that i'm i'm more comfortable to just show up have a bit of knowledge do a little bit of research and just ask the questions and let the conversation flow and that's okay and and that's that is that is pure professionalism because when you start, you're just not quite prepared. You don't quite understand how it's going to work out. And then eventually, and, and what you see on YouTubers channels is, you know, their version, their year three or year four or year five of their channel. Like, Oh my God, this is so well produced. And it's like, go back to day one, mate, see how that looks and see if it's the same. And nine times out of 10, it's not. Mm. It's so so true, and if you don't believe us, go go look at it. Go look <laughs> okay. at your favorite YouTube channel and go back to video one, because I will guarantee you. And this is one thing that Gary V always talks about: is you go and see some of my earlier videos, and they're embarrassing. They are so bad, and yet now, of course, you know, world domination. Matt, this has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I mean, it's been so so mm-hmm. helpful, and um, yeah, it's just made me want to go and do a little bit more frequently answered questions which i feel like i should be doing more of so i'm going to get my post-its out and start to uh, yeah answer a few more questions that is so so valuable thank you so much for your time today matt good thank- thanks for having me i really appreciate it and thanks everyone for listening <laughs>